You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks fall to the 49ers 21-13 at Lumen Field. It was a hard-fought game, a physical football game. The Seahawks battled as hard as they could. Unfortunately, the 49ers do win the game and do win the NFC West on Thursday night football. Wasn't the result the Seahawks wanted at all. There's definitely some positives to take away from that game, as disappointing as it was. So let's jump right into it, what had happened. See, what had happened at first was. What happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. Bob, it was a tall task, man. 49ers, six-game win streak. We know how talented they were. We know how good their defense was. We know how good some of their offensive weapons were. And they were hungry. They were playing for a chance to beat their division rival on the road, clinch the NFC West title. And from the jump, man, 49ers win the toss. They defer. So the Seahawks started the Game with the football and bump. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little, I was excited. I'm like, this is, we're gonna play from ahead one of these times. We're gonna get after it. That wasn't the case. Hawks punt on the first drive. They do get a big stop on the 49ers' first possession as the Seahawks' defense forced a three and out. Unfortunately, after that, the Hawks would not take advantage as they would also go three out on the swing possession. And then this time, the 49ers would answer with a nine-play, 86-yard touchdown drive, ending with a 20-yard touchdown pass to George Kittle from Brock Purdy. And bump, talk about this play. That was a hell of a play designed by Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it was beautiful, man. You got a two-back set, and what Purdy does, man, he fakes the swing one way, then he fakes the swing the other way, which expands the defense. So in the shotgun with two two running backs, they both flare out to the flanks, fake, fake. And then what George Kittle does is a great job of holding on to the DN, showing pass pro, and then releasing up the field. By that point, one safety had already rotated down to a single high. That single high cheats over to the offense's right. Man, it's like the Red Sea being parted. All Purdy had to do was flick that wrist. Easy money for George Kittle. Yeah, Bump, that was rough. I mean, if you're an offensive coordinator right now, I am stealing that. Yeah, for sure. If it worked that well (laughs) in the NFL, if you're a high school offensive coordinator, that is butter. That's going to work every time. Kittle, the one gets in the end zone, as you described, made the score 7-0. to zero. Bump, Both teams would punt on the next four straight possessions before the Seahawks would finally put a good drive together. Yeah, man, they went uh, 12 plays, 62 yards, but had to settle for a field goal. That made the score 7-3. to three. And then the Hawks would force a 49ers punt on the next possession. Then the game really changed a bit, man. On that drive, Quandre dropped an interception, mm. man. That looked like he would have picked that thing up and had a nice little return that one hurts this is like the third time I feel like Quandre had the ball in his hands and just wasn't able to finish the play yeah man and it's it's rare from him because Quandre is a sure-handed dude he's gonna set an NFL record on his next interception for most consecutive seasons with at least three interceptions and uh yeah very uncharacteristic of him he's in the right spot reads Purdy's eyes and unfortunately wasn't able to come down with it and even even if he would have just caught it it would have really helped with field position unfortunately he wasn't able to come down with it yeah, the Seahawks, they would, on the ensuing possession, Geno would hit Travis Homer for a six-yard gain out in the flats. He's turning upfield, um, and he gets to the 46-yard line. But 
There's a fumble. There's mm. a big hit. It's collision sport, right? Ball security, job security, man. He will cough that thing up. The ball will be returned 40 yards. Then all it takes is two plays. You give the 49ers a football down inside the 10 like that, you can almost chalk it up, get the kick return team ready to go because they're going to score. That's exactly what happened. Chris McCaffrey punches it in the end zone. The score would now be 14 to three, the bad guys. Yeah, and right when that happened, you could tell this was a game where the Seahawks needed to play perfect. And there was going to be – they couldn't give the 49ers anything. They couldn't give up any points. You know, early in the season you were playing maybe the Lions or who were struggling or someone else. You give up a touchdown, which happened to the Seahawks at some point this year. You're like, no problem. They'll get over it. No problem. Against a team like that and a defense like that, you cannot give up points, and that's what the Seahawks did. The Hawks yep. would punt on their final possession in the second quarter, ending the half. Now, this is another gut punch because this is right when the huge momentum play in the game after the homer fumble coming out, you're hoping the Seahawks can get a stop. Unfortunately, 49ers come out of the locker room going fast. Two plays, 59 yards, ending with a 54-yard touchdown to George Kittle on a blown coverage. That made the score 21-3. to No bumping on that play. You know, listening to Pete Carroll talk this morning in his press conference, it looked like that was Tariq Woolen's responsibility to cover three. He kind of looks inside. Sees a receiver coming underneath. Unfortunately, he's supposed to be in a deep third. Kittle releases that deep third. Um, George, excuse me, Quandre Diggs did his best to recover. We'd like him to make that tackle. Unfortunately, he couldn't get him down. Tariq Woolen's played an amazing year this year, so we can't fault him. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. But it just really hurt because he still felt like they were in the game. And then to go down 18 to a team like that is really tough. Yeah, you were hoping, like, look, man, just hold these guys, make them punt it or kick a field goal. You feel okay about how that team is playing. So when you come out after the half and you give up something like that, that one really hurts. Like you mentioned, it made it 21-3. to But then the Hawks will respond. They go 10 plays, 42 yards. And uh, Jason Myers, man, 51-yard field goals. He has been quietly extremely consistent for this football team, especially coming off of last year where you felt like he struggled a little bit. But after that, both teams will punt on the next four drive, you, drives. you got a battle going on. And the 49ers will leave the door open for the Hawks when Robbie Gold misses a 43-yard field goal. There's something about that end mm-hmm. of the stadium, which forces these kickers to push it, to kick it short. Something about that, that North End Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime teams are going that way at the end of the half and they try a long field goal like the Broncos did in week one, something's going down, so be wary of that. And then the Seahawks would finally take advantage, go seven plays, 67 yards. Geno hit Ken Walker on a nice route. He goes 33 yards to set something up. Then, bam, Seahawks, Geno Smith finds no fan for a 10-yard touchdown. We'll talk about that in the coach's corner. That made it a one-score game. So it's 21-13. to 13. After everything that's happened, the Hawks are still in this football game. Unfortunately, the Hawks would fail to get two key stops on third down, including the game-stealing 54-yard run by Jordan Mason that sealed the deal for the Niners bump. What do you think happened on that play? I mean, it's tough because you'd want them to be in third and long. Them in third and two is really tough to defend. Yeah, exactly. You you say third and two, the whole playbook is open. Third and long, you can kind of eliminate half of the plays and say, okay, this is what we think is going to happen. But when you have third and two out there, the pass is open, the deep pass is open, the run, the jet sweep, everything they want to do is open. And again, like we saw against the Raiders, they were just better on that play. They called the right play at the right time, um, and they executed it beautifully. That one hurt. If that play doesn't happen, then you hold the 49ers to about 115, 114 yards rushing, and you feel pretty good about yourself, man. 
Uh, the Seahawks had one key turnover. They lost the time of possession, and they were only four for 13 on third downs. That is 30% and some change. That's not what you want to see. Christian McCaffrey had another good game, 108 yards on 26 carries, and George Kittle found the painted area of the field two times. That's two touchdowns. Good effort by the Hawks, man, but um, this came up short, but val- valiant effort. Yeah, man, you talked about this. We've all talked about it at some point. Most NFL games come down about five plays. And we can easily point to them, you know. You have the drop pick. Then you have the homer fumble, both both of Kittle's touchdowns. And you have the 55-yard run to seal it. So there are plays in this game, even though the 49ers are ahead of where the Seahawks are and where the Seahawks want to be at this point today. But you can tell they're in the fight. They're close. And I told you this last night. The Hawks have lost seven games this year, right? Every game except the week two loss of the 49ers has been a one-score game. Wow. And that's what's really going to hurt. The Hawks are still in the playoff picture. Don't get me wrong. They can still get in. It just really hurts because every loss to the NFC South, the loss to the Raiders, those are all games the Seahawks could have won. And it's unfortunate. It's a young team, team that's learning how to win games. But that's what happens when, uh, when things don't go your way. Unfortunately, but bump, some guys did make plays out there. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Geno Smith, 31 of 44, 238 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Geno's streak of games with multiple touchdown passes is snapped at six. That was the longest streak of his career and the longest going in the NFL that season. He had 10 games going there. Um, So 26 touchdown passes on the season. Also still managed to complete 70% of his passes in the game. But um, Geno was under fire all night, man. He wasn't as sharp as we've seen him at times this year. But he was hit nine times, sacked three times, and that doesn't even begin to see all the times he was actually under pressure. Nick Bosa is a bad man, and he was causing havoc all night. Armstead was causing havoc all night. So Geno to step up and keep the Seahawks in it was impressive. Not his best game, but it was a struggle for the Seahawks and the Seahawks offensive line. Yeah, you felt like he was constantly under pressure and trying to work within chaos. You know what I mean? And Safe to say they won't see anything like that again when it comes to that box to end this season. So hopefully they learn from that. These uh, these offensive linemen, especially these young tackles, feel that pressure, learn from it, and uh, just move on, man. But another playmaker, Tyler Lockett at 7 for 68. Unfortunately, he suffered a mm. broken index, uh, but finished the game and the final drive. I've broken fingers before. Tyler self-diagnosed himself, said, look, I'll be back in a couple weeks. I hope he is right. I was talking to uh, Stacy on our show, and uh, she's, like, devastated. Oh, my God, the finger. I go, that's football. Yeah. Most of the time, you're going to jam a finger. You'll break a finger. That's just part of the game. You tape that thing up, and you go out there, and you play. And I think that's what Lockett is going to try to do. But we'll see how the training staff handles that. Yeah, Pete talked about his press conference today about him going to get surgery. Two weeks has been continued to be thrown out there. We'll see. The thing that me and John Boyle were having this conversation earlier about Lockett, is he so close, Bump, to 1,000 yards? Yeah. I even just, obviously, we're a much better football team with him on the field, but if he could just come back for that last game and just get over, because that'll be his fourth consecutive year with 1,000 yards to keep the streak alive. No Seahawks receiver has ever gone five years over 1,000 yards. It's kind of a, a messed up thing. Steve Largent had four straight thousand yard seasons. Then there was a strike. Then he had five right after that. Dang. So technically he had nine, but in the record books, it's only <laughs> four or five, or whatever that is. So 
Lockett could have been because I want him to maybe be able to get that record. So Me too. If anything, selfishly, just in the stat book, I'm hoping Tyler Lockett is back just to get over that 1,000-yard mark, kind of continue to show how good he's been this year. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, another top performer, we got DK Metcalf. He has seven receptions for 55 yards, but Noah Fant is quietly putting together a decent season, man. His season high, I believe, was over 600 yards, 40-something catches, and around four to five touchdowns. He's on pace to have a, a season um, a career season. He had five receptions for 32 in the touchdown that brought this team within striking distance late in the game. Yeah, Noah's been a great acquisition. He's got good hands. He's, you know, the tight ends haven't been used as much as they were early in the season, but good to see him out there. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, Cody Barton, 10 tackles, doing his thing. Had to, when Jordan Brooks went out, had to wear the green dot. So that was a different change for him. So he stepped up well towards the end as Tanner Muse also came in and showed showed he can do some things out there as well. Quentin Jefferson had two tackles, one sack, one QB hit. They initially gave it to Chenna, but it was recredited to Quentin Jefferson, so he got that. So nice little thing there. And then bump, it's the run defense overall, man. You mentioned it. They still gave up 170, but if you take away, I know you can't take a play away. I understand that. <laughs> but for, you know, 57 minutes of that game, they held a really good offense and a really good running game. 215 yards and 33 carries. And I heard you talk about it on your show today, man. And last night, Christian McCaffrey, what do you have, like 33 touches or something like that? I mean, 32 touches, man. So, and he is just a different kind of dude. And in that offense, running behind Trent Williams and all the misdirection and all that stuff, and given where the Seahawks had been coming into this game, without Al Woods, I'm, I'm impressed about the run defense and this, I feel like a step that they took last night. Yeah, they did, man. They, they showed that they can stay in the fight, man. You mentioned they lost Al Woods. You have no Monet. Um, so that rotation isn't as fresh as we're used to seeing it. And they they bowed up, man. They bucked up. And I, I was proud of that team. I know teams are going to look. There's no moral victories in this league. They are now 7-7, seven and seven, and they're fighting to get into the playoffs. But no matter what happens to end the season, you want to see them moving in the right direction. And I think against the 49ers, they were moving in the right direction. Let's get to this receiver round up. Now, we mentioned Lockett. He has seven for 68. DK had seven for 55. Noah Fan five for 32 and a touchdown. Kenneth Walker had four catches for 32. Travis had four for 25. Unfortunate fumble as well. Uncle Will, one for 13. Marquise Goodwin, who's going to have to step up this week, knowing that Lock is going to be out. He had two for 10. Penny Hart had one for three. And Kobe Parkinson had no catches on one target. Yeah, you know, obviously... Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf at the top of that, you'd hope that those are closer to 100 yards. They typically are. You know, I like that DK finally, when they started moving the ball, he had a couple of slants and looked like he was kind of getting involved a little bit more. But it was just tough, man. When you when you can't stay on the field on third down and you're 4-13, it's hard for anyone to get in rhythm, especially these receivers. But some good things out there. And one of the positives, the only touchdown the Seahawks have scored offensively against these 49ers all season was no offense. Touchdown in the coach's corner. We'll break that one down. Gino from the shotgun. Looks to the end zone. Throws wide open. Touchdown! Seahawks! No offense! All by himself between the safeties. Makes the catch. Falls back on his wallet. And the Seahawks now... 21-12, the Niners on top. A nice drive by the Seahawks. They're going to go for the PAT right here, but a nine-yard reception by Fant for the six. 
Yeah, this is um, this is simple football right here. This is Geno taking what the defense is giving him. You got a two by two set. Geno's in shotgun with Ken Walker on the right side of him. Ken Walker releases the field because you don't have an extra man going. They're only rushing for the 49ers. And what he does, he sits around five yards. And what he when he have when he does that, he takes the Mike linebacker and the Sam linebacker with him. That creates space for Noah Fant. Noah Fant's on the right side. He's going to run what we call a bender. Once you get by that second linebacker, that, excuse me, that, that second level, that Sam linebacker, you start to bend and look for space. Now, the 49ers are in a two-high look. You got two safeties, and one to the to Noah Fant's side naturally expands because you got Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett takes an inside release to that corner, so it kind of grabs the attention of that safety. He shifts over to Tyler Lockett's side. On the other side, you got a dig route by your slot receiver and a go. But all it is is Ken Walker attracting the linebackers, Lockett attracting the safety, and Noah Fent bending around that second linebacker, Geno being on time, easy throw, easy catch, much needed. Yeah, Bump, they kind of happen simultaneously. You talk about Ken Walker affecting the Sam linebacker right at the exact same time as Hofunga, the safety, is kind of leaning towards Lockett is exactly when the Sam linebacker is coming down, and that leaves that window at the same time, kind of like on a string, moving these defensive players around like that. Great execution down the stretch. I just wish it didn't take as long as it did to get down there, but love to see Noah get in the end zone. And, man, Bump, we had we were riding high. We had a four-game win streak. We were feeling good. It's been a rough month, man. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's been the Seahawks have lost four or five after that four-game win streak, and unfortunately, for oh, it feels like a lot recently, the clock just ran out. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. The biggest storyline coming into this game was that Seahawks defense. What were they going to do? Could they stop the hemorrhaging? Could they stop the bleeding? Could they do something about that run defense? And they didn't completely shut down the 49ers, but they dramatically improved over the last couple weeks. You left that game being like, that's a good football team. We know what they can do. They had a week to prepare. Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll, they know each other. They know their stuff. Didn't have Al Woods. He lost Brian Monet. No Jordan Brooks. So, yeah, I'm going to look at it glass half full. You know, it wasn't the, the, the dominant performance you'd hope, but for the guys there, I, what, Bump, what I noticed, they were playing faster. Yeah. And they tackled better. They still missed some tackles, of course, but I felt like they were playing faster, more aggressive, and they are like, hey, we're here, as opposed to a couple of weeks before, it didn't really feel like that defensively. It felt like the other team could get whatever they wanted, and they really only gave up 14 points. So I'm encouraged. Unfortunately, they didn't get the job done, but I'm encouraged what I saw defensively. Yeah, you got to be encouraged. Um, if you watched the game, you felt the game, you saw some improvement there. But on the negative side, you lost two players. Brian Monet is done for the year with ACL. The entire locker, like we mentioned, broke his index finger. So guys are going to have to step up, man, in the absence of one of the best to do it, Tyler Lockett, and then Brian Monet, a guy who was in that rotation. And the roof, rookie tackles, man, they have some tough plays against Bosa. Bosa is probably going to get Ooh. defensive player of the year, man. And he made them look like rookies at times. But this year... I know we're not done with this year, but when we look back at this year and all the trials that these tackles have gone through, um, all the the wins and losses, it's going to make them better for the future. No question about it. Ray was talking about it, and Ray has a unique perspective. Shout out to Ray, who did the color on the game on Thursday. Dave Wyman had a little illness, so Ray stepped in. But just talking to him after the game, and he's like, man, it's weird to say talking about a welcome to the NFL moment in week 15. Yeah, But that just is what it is. It's a long season. You're playing longer than you ever have, and you're going up against the best defensive lineman in the NFL. 
And it was just one of those days where Ray was saying that just nothing worked. Long sets, short sets, attacking, whatever it was, Nick Bosa just had it to kind of figure out the second half. And uh, it was tough for them. And like you said, they're going to learn from it. Um, I think hopefully by next year, even later this season, they'll laugh about that and be like, man, we've come so far. So we'll see what happens there. Um, 49ers are a good team. I don't want to give them too much credit because they can be beat. But, bump, it was uh, – I won't uh, – I'm happy when I see that defense again. How about that? I mean, yeah. not seeing that front again, <laughs> I'm good. You feel me? Yeah, man, Niners are a good team. Uh, they win the division, but the Hawks still got a chance to make the playoffs. But they got to take care of business, man. It starts at uh, Arrowhead, uh, Christmas Eve. Give us an early Christmas present. I would greatly appreciate that, Seahawks. And uh, give yourselves a present and set yourself up, man. But one game at a time, three left. Let's go down to Kansas City and, and handle business. No question about it. They got a long weekend here. It's not really a long weekend. They play two games in four days, so I'm not saying that. But a couple days for the players to get their bodies to recover. Hopefully, when they come back on Monday, get ready for Patrick Mahomes and those Kansas City Chiefs. On Christmas Eve, we'll be in the holiday spirit. Talking to you guys next week. Looking forward for the Seahawks to bounce back and try to get a dub against the Chiefs. Keep those playoff hopes alive. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasty Choby. This has been Hawk Talk. The recap edition. Unfortunately, Seahawks fall to the 49ers 21-13. to And we will talk to you guys next week.